Welcome to the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast, where we believe you can change the world with your words. Follow an indie author and pastor and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on how you can honor Christ and change the world by writing fast, writing often, and writing well. I'm your host, Tian Doan. Now let's get on with today's show. Welcome to the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast. My name is Tian Doan. Glad that you joined us today. Uh, one of the reasons why we started this podcast, or I started this podcast, is that r- the writing life can often be a lonely life. And uh, everywhere I go and I, I talk to uh, authors and I go on these uh, bulletin boards or Facebook groups, and, and uh, they always talk about that you need to find your tribe, a tribe of writers, uh, those that people that you can, that would encourage you along the way. And as I, you know, I'm a Christian writer and I'm a pastor, trying to figure out how to find that tribe, this uh, this community, and it's kind of hard to find uh, a group of people. So instead of trying to find one, uh, I thought that I should create one. So this is it. This is uh, this is this is my tribe. And so you're welcomed. You're welcome to be a part of the uh, prolific Christian writer tribe. So. Um, Today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to actually talk about just the 10 core beliefs, kind of like a prolific Christian writer's manifesto, that uh, I made a list of 10 things that I, I really believe are, are guiding principles about how to be this, uh, this uh, prolific Christian writer, how to make a difference, and, and how, how to just do well. So uh, these 10 things are guiding principles for, for who I am and how I write and why I write. So I just wanted to, to share them with you. And so number one is this. This is the, the first core belief is that writing is a form of worship. That writing isn't just a pastime or writing isn't uh, um, something that, that uh, you do for just for fun. Or, but it could be a form of worship if that's who God made you to, to be. You know, that worship isn't just um, uh, singing songs or just uh, music or preaching but worship, uh, for those of us who God has given the gift of, of writing to, um, is our form of worship. Um, the missionary and, and athlete, Eric Little, um, this is what he said about, about um, his gift. Um, he said that God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And for me, and for a lot of writers, that, that the writing process is our form of worship. So when I get up early in the morning and when I put words onto a page, that is my form of honoring God and worshiping Him. Because this is that that God didn't make me fast. I'm actually pretty slow and pudgy, and I'm not an athlete. Um, but God made me a writer, and when I write, I feel His pleasure. So that's uh, thought number one: that writing is a form of worship. Number two is that words can change the world. They say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's like the biggest lie in the world because um, words are one of the most painful things. That if, if you grew up in a family, you had situations where people said negative words to you, you know that words can cut deeply. But, but words um, not only can cut you down, they can build you up. That words are powerful. I remember when I was um, just a teenager and coming from a broken home and it was just real difficult situations and I had just different mentors that came into my life and said words of encouragement to me. 
and it just just built me up. Um, one writer, uh, uh, Stephen King, wrote in on his book on writing that he says that writing is he calls it portable magic. Uh, writing is portable magic that somehow you can write down your thoughts and experiences and your story and someone else that you'll never meet in a different time and space, maybe in a different century, a different nation, um, can pick up your writing and listen to your words and it's like as if you transfer your thoughts and your values, your story into that person's life. So God has given us uh, all a story to tell, and we need to be good stewards of that story. And our words can change the world. I, I firmly believe that. That that the words that we share on a page are powerful and long-lasting, and it could really make a difference in someone's life. Like for for me, there was several books that were just, um, I mean, uh, instrumental to to my development. Like one of the first books I, I read was Pilgrim's Progress. Um, I love that book, and and it was I don't know how you know John Bunyan wrote that like 400 years ago, 500 years ago, and still um, in a different country he was sitting in jail someplace in Europe I think, and he wrote that down. But for this immigrant kid as a teenager trying to figure out his faith, new faith in a new land, um, uh, John Bunyan's story just like it changed my life. It, you know, so words can change the world. So number three is that God has a plan. God has a plan for your words and your story. That um, you may not know it, but he, you have a story, and it's really, it's really not just about you. It's not just about what happened to you, um, but it's your story is about what God wants to say to others through you and through your story and that you, you need to believe that that God can use your words he can use your story and uh, sometimes we don't understand why we went through some things so sometimes we don't understand the, the experiences that we have um, but we just have to believe that God God has a plan for our words you know, maybe you feel like like that little kid on the Sea of Galilee when when they didn't have uh, enough to eat, and he says, "I got, I got, I just got a, a few loaves and fishes." But what is that for all these people? And 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 we're like that, we, you know, like we don't have that, you know, I don't have that many good words, I don't have that many great stories. But if you offer what you have to God, God multiplies it and blesses it and changes it, and he he uses it to be a blessing to to many people. Uh, one book that really set the trajectory of my life and actually called called me into ministry was this book. It's kind of a weird book. Um, it was called Counseling Teenagers in Crisis. Um, I was actually a a brand new Christian, and uh, what happened was that that God changed my life, and and I still had all these friends that were in the world and they were living a, a difficult life situation. And what, what happened was that um, they started coming up to me and asking me for advice. Like, like, hey, God's changed your life, and like, I'm having trouble with this or that. Can you help me um, with, with uh, yeah, can you help me um, figure these things out? And I didn't know what to do. Uh, looking back, I should have probably just uh, asked my, my pastor to come and counsel these people. Um, but my friends were like, oh, I don't want to go to church. You know, I, I, um, uh, can you help me? So um, what I did was I went to the church library 
And I saw this book uh, on the shelf, and it was called Counseling Teenagers in Crisis. So this book was kind of like an academic book, and I was like, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that. And I started reading this book, and it, it taught you how to um, minister and counsel uh, people, teenagers who are going through difficult circumstances. So I took that book and I, I I started implementing what it said. You know, it talked about how do you how do you pray for people, how do you minister, how do you give them hope, and I started doing those things. And guess what happened? Um, the people that uh, I started um, uh, praying with, my friends who are non Christians, like it's God started ministering to them. Um, a few of them got got saved. They started coming to church, became a Christian. And that was the first thing that I was like, wow, um, maybe God has a plan for my life. And, um, and it was through that book, it was through that experience that I, I read that book and I started implementing it. And it showed me that God can use me. God had a plan for me. Funny thing is that about like uh, five, ten years later, I actually got to meet the author of that book at a, at a uh, pastor's conference. And I said, hey, you know, you may not know this, uh, you, don't, you know, you don't know me, but uh, you're the reason why I'm in ministry today. And it's because when I was a teenager, I read your book, and God used that experience to call me into ministry. So, um, God has a plan for your words and your story. The, the fourth um, principle is that inspiration comes after you start. You know, a lot of writing, is, like a lot of people talk about you need to be inspired. Uh, by your writing or before you write you got to wait on the muse you got to wait for inspiration but this is what this is what I found that inspiration comes along the way that God doesn't necessarily give you all the thoughts and all the things um, that you're gonna write before you get started but that your ideas and inspiration it, it, you'll discover it um, within the journey itself you know it, it, I'm reminded by the story of, of God calling Abram he says go to a place I will show you and that's kind of the uh, symbolic for me for the writing life it's like well like just start writing and I'll direct you I'll show you I'll, I'll inspire you I'll show you you know you, you don't know how this book's gonna end you don't know how it's going to, uh, to be used in the life of people but but uh, just come along this journey with me so number four is inspiration comes after you start Number five, the fifth, fifth principle, is that done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. I, and I, I think for me, this, this uh, perfectionism was one of the reasons why I never finished anything before. I had all this self-doubt. I thought it was awful, everything I wrote. I would not let anyone read it. And it was just really difficult. And then I started listening to other authors, you know, that I wasn't, I wasn't the only one, that everyone feels this way. Everyone feels like their, their, worth, uh, their, their work is, is subpar, it's terrible, but done is better than perfect. I mean, it, the goal isn't to be perfect, the goal is to be done. Writing is a craft that is never going to be perfected. It, it can't be perfected, and so, but you can grow, you can be better. But, the, but if, unless you finish the work and put it out there into the world, no one's gonna read it and God can't use it to encourage other people. So you gotta get your work out there. You gotta finish, you gotta ship. Done is better than perfect. Number six, the sixth principle, is that the work is the reward. 
the work is the reward. That the rewarding part of the writing life is found in the work itself, found in the process of writing itself. Um, a lot of people get into writing um, because they want accolades, they want uh, respect, they want to sell a, you know, a million books and be a bestseller, they want to you know, be invited onto a stage to, be a, to become a speaker or something like that. Um, but that's, that's not the reward. Um, the reward isn't being a bestseller. And if, if that's your reward, if, it's your, if your goal of writing is making money or getting on stage or getting respect or admiration, um, you're probably not going to stick with this, this writing life uh, that long. So you have to realize that, that the reward is in the work itself because there, it's, it's labor. It's hard work. Like the, the Bible says, that you need to be like that hardworking farmer that uh, you know, uh, gets up early and tends to the crop. The enjoyment and the reward is in the work, in the labor itself. And if you don't have that perspective, you're not going to uh, stick with this writing life that long. Number seven, writing is a spiritual battle. Writing is a spiritual battle. Uh, if you read anything by Stephen Pressfield, he talks about uh, having these obstacles of resistance, and maybe it's your inner critic, or, or you're, you're uh, afraid, uh, there's insecurities. All those things are natural in the writing process, and every writer, Christian or non-Christian, experiences you know, resistance, self-doubt, self-sabotage, and all those things, right? But if you actually believe that words can change the world, and God has given you a story that, that He wants you to share, um, it, there's a spiritual dynamic to it that, that not only will you face the natural forms of resistance, but that you have to realize that there is a spiritual battle uh, waging war against your writing process. Because if God wants you to write these words down to encourage someone else later, you have to know that Satan will stand against you. He will oppose you. He'll he'll do everything to get you to stop. He'll 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 call you names. He'll whisper uh, mean words into your 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 ear, and he'll he'll say, "Who are you?" You know, you'll have this. Um, the, the, you'll question yourself. Why am I doing this? I'm no good. And it's spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. There's going to be things that are going to come up, and you got to realize that. you got to realize that, that you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the, the spiritual forces of evil. you got to realize that it's, it's, it's a spiritual battle, right? That, so writing is a spiritual, is a gift of worship, and it's a form of worship, and it's a way that God uses us to change the world and impact the lives of others. So... It is also a spiritual battle because Satan doesn't want you to, to complete that assignment. So you got to know that. Writing is a spiritual battle. Number eight, ignore the gatekeepers. That there's a lot of gatekeepers in writing. Like that you, you have to worry about, like, am I going to get published? Am I going to find an agent? Will people buy my book? Will, will... So just ignore it. Yeah, ignore the gatekeepers because this is the thing. Um, God is your agent, and God is your publisher. Uh, ignore those people who, who are going to say, hey, you can't do it that way, your story won't, uh, you know, it won't reach the world. Ignore those things, and worry about publishing, worry about all those things later. 
just get the words down ignore the gatekeepers because if God gave you a story to tell and and we all have a testimony we all have a story about about how God has changed our lives and done things and if you have a story to tell ignore the gatekeepers because God wants you to share that story and let him be your agent let him be your publisher don't worry about what other people have to have to tell you so ignore the gatekeepers number nine writing fast and often leads to writing well now this is something that I just learned uh, recently that some people think that well I have to spend two years writing this book or else you know I have to go through countless edits of, of all these different things you know I have to uh, send it to a publisher is gonna uh, I have to find this uh, you know beta readers and, and first draft second draft 20th draft and all these different things but but this is what I, I've learned that writing fast and often leads to writing well you know they, they call it the, the 10,000 hour rule you know that uh, you have to the, the way that you become a good writer is that you have to write a lot you have to fail often fail quickly and learn and grow and I remember one of my um, professors in seminary uh, my preaching professor this is what he said he says the only way to become a good preacher is that you have to preach 200 bad sermons while you're working that those things are practice uh, give um, 200 bad sermons and then you'll along the process you're gonna grow and you're gonna become you know a great preacher or a good preacher and that's the same way I think about writing that the way that you learn to write well is you have to learn to write fast and often you gotta put in a lot of reps be a prolific writer like worry about best-selling highest rated you know like four or five stars on on the reviews or whatever worry about those things later right now you just need to work on being prolific writing fast writing often will lead to writing well that's number nine and lastly number ten is that every writer needs a Barnabas Barnabas he um, he's a guy in the book of Acts who was the mentor of the Apostle Paul like he's a lesser-known character people actually don't realize his real name Barnabas's real name is Joseph from Cyprus Joseph of Cyprus um, the word the name Barnabas is a nickname which means son of encouragement and throughout the the, the story of Acts um, Barnabas was not a main character but he was always behind the scenes he was an encourager he came alongside the Apostle Paul he believed in him he spent time and invested him in, in, in Paul and later on he he went and he encouraged the people in the church of Antioch he encouraged uh, uh, John Mark and he was just a person that that came and and invested and encouraged and believed in Paul believed in Mark believed in the 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 work that God was doing in the church of Antioch before um, anyone else believed in them no you know people were criticizing and they didn't believe that that um, they didn't believe they didn't want to get behind the apostle uh, um, at that time it was Saul he was a persecutor of the church. Uh, they didn't trust him because he used to he used to persecute Christians. Now he became a Christian, and no one trusted him until um, uh, Barnabas came along. And Barnabas says, "No, no, no! I see that God is doing something special in this young man Saul. Let me take him under my wing and let me encourage him." Right. So we all need someone like that in our lives. We all need a Barnabas to come alongside us and says, "Hey, I know that people don't." 
don't believe in you or they you, you know they doubt you but I see a seed of what God is doing in your life um, and he believed in, 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 in what God was doing in Paul's life uh, and we all need that person in our life to encourage us because this writing journey is kind of hard there's a lot of self-doubt a lot of things people are gonna say why are you doing this why are you spending so much time you're not gonna you know you're not no one's gonna read this stuff um, we all need someone to encourage us to come alongside so this is this is my my hope um, I want to be your Barnabas uh, I want to be the person that says to you hey you can do this um, I believe in you you have a story to share God's gonna use it but also I want us collectively together this uh, prolific Christian writer community to be a community of, of Barnabas to other writers that are coming um, behind us so every writer needs a uh, Barnabas so let me go over that top 10 again number one writing is a form of worship two words can change the world three God has a plan for your words four inspiration comes after you start five done is better than perfect six the work is the reward seven writing is a spiritual battle eight ignore the gatekeepers nine writing fast and often leads to writing well and lastly number ten right every writer needs a Barnabas well, thank you for listening to the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast. Give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts on which one of these top ten uh, uh, rings true to you or, or, or you know resonates with, with your life. Um, love for you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let people know about it. Uh, until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast. Thanks for listening today. We hope you found it helpful. If you like the show, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or by leaving a rating or review. You can connect with me on my website, tndone.net, where I have lots of helpful resources available to you for free. My website is tndone.net. That's spelled T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. See you next time. And remember, you can change the world with your words.